Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox, and welcome to With Friends Like These. We've been doing themed episodes this year. If you haven't noticed, that's cool. We designed them to fit in with everything else so you don't have to listen in order. You can just drop in and out. Last season, we tackled conversion experiences, like a scientist who became a believer in psychic healing. And we learned about the way your brain reacts to information that runs counter to existing beliefs. Spoiler alert, not great. This season, we've been talking about good intentions. Among other things, we've investigated why suicide prevention is not what you think it is and told the story of the Christian missionary who tried to evangelize to the most remote peoples on earth. That also, not great. We have upcoming shows that deal with an experiment in harm reduction for sex workers and the unhomed and a conversation about whether or not it's a good idea to let kids believe in Santa Claus. This episode is about the most personal kind of good intention, the value of positive thinking. I talked to Gabriel Ottingen, a professor of psychology at both New York University and the University of Hamburg. She's the author of Rethinking Positive Thinking Inside the New Science of Motivation. She's been doing research on optimism and positive thinking for decades. And she claims that what she terms fantasizing, but not, you know, the really fun kind of fantasizing— is bad if what you want to do is achieve the thing you're thinking about. Instead, she argues, you should dwell equally on the things that get in the way of your goal and then make a plan and then, well, it'll probably work. She calls this the WHOOP method, wish, obstacle, opportunity, plan. It is fun to say, WHOOP. She has an app and a website, of course. She's got a lot to say about the ways that fantasizing is bad, and she has research to back it up, and she has research on her own method that backs it up. But as a person who has no trouble at all dwelling on the reasons why I cannot succeed at something, I had a hard time believing that that's the key to success. Well, we talk about it. Anyway... If you're curious about the negatives of positive thinking and the positives of negative thinking, that conversation is coming right up. Gabrielle, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. This whole season is about good intentions uh, on with friends like these. And a lot of those good intentions have been about kind of social issues and whatnot. This one's a kind of personal one. This is about whether or not it's a good idea to think positive. Like, obviously, our whole culture, American culture at least, is all about thinking positive. But you've been doing research for decades now that suggests this isn't such a good idea. Well, it can be a good idea, but sometimes it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, when is it a good idea? Let's, let's start with the good news. Yeah, let's start with the good news. So, for example, if I have positive fantasies and daydreams and uh, wishes about the future um, and I daydream along, then I might feel good. So it improves my mood. And what I can do, too, I can explore all the possibilities of my future. You know, do I want to go here? Do I want to go there? Do I want to go into this profession or that profession when I'm young? 
um, do I want to visit this person or that person? So that's nice. I can explore all what's possible in the future. So for exploring possibilities, it's good. So like uh, you might daydream about a job and then realize, you know what, that actually doesn't sound as much fun as this other thing I daydream about. That's like a good example of if you're daydreaming about two things and you realize, oh, no, this one is actually the thing I really want to do. That's like a positive use of daydreaming. I would assume also any kind of possibilities, like if you're daydreaming about a solution to something, that might be a good way of engaging with daydreaming. So that's easy to take. What's the bad news? Well, if I really want to implement these daydreams and wishes and fantasies, then sheer positive fantasies and daydreams are simply not enough. So even for an American like me, that's pretty easy to to believe. Okay, all right. Yeah, sure. You can't just daydream. Um, That makes sense. I should have to do some stuff. But I read your book. And I know that's a little more insidious than that, that it's actually a possibility that doing this kind of daydreaming, fantasizing, actually saps us from energy from doing the things we may really want to do. That's exactly right. So what we find is that the more positively people daydream about the future, whether it's health or academic or professional or interpersonal relationships, the more positively people daydream into the future, the less energy they have, the less effort they put into realizing these daydreams and the less success they have. Okay, and that is obviously the part that, especially for a good American like myself, is really hard to accept. But but you've done lots of like just laboratory research on this. There's actual, you know, measurable statistical studies that prove this. What kind what kind of stuff? Right. So we started off with correlational studies, meaning just looking at the relationship between the positivity of these daydreams and what people actually later did and how much success they had. And what we found is, for example, in a sample of people who had enrolled in a weight reduction program, the more positively they fantasized about their success in the program, the less well they did in losing weight. Three months later, one year later, and even two years later. And similarly in other areas. I want to hear about the other areas because I think the whole weight loss thing is kind of fraught, right? Like weight loss is really hard. It's not clear what the real guidelines should be versus what society tells us we should look like. So, yeah, let's let's talk about something beyond weight loss because I feel like that, that's like there's a lot going on. There's like patriarchal expectations and there's self-image and self-esteem. And but but I know you've looked at other stuff. Yeah, actually, that's what we saw, too. We thought, OK, well, if you find it in one area. It doesn't mean that you might have third variables sort of actually being behind it, or it might also be just, you know, a coincidence and you find it once, so we want to replicate. And then we looked, for example, at university graduates. So the more positively university graduates 
fantasized about a transition um, into a job of their um, dreams. The less efforts they put in, meaning they sent out fewer applications, and then they got fewer job offers, and two years later, they earned fewer dollars. And then check the students in the university. You know, they're not ready to be graduating yet, but they are studying for exams. The more positively they fantasized about success in the exam, the less well they did. You were looking at this stuff a, a while back. That's when you started looking at this. Uh, when exactly? Oh, uh, that was in the 90s, actually. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe that this is so long ago. But, you know, um, you know, people were in love at that time. And the more, for example, positively they were thinking about getting together with a person on whom they had a crush, the less likely it was that they actually got together with that person in a romantic relationship. And then in the health domain, the more positively hip replacement surgery patients fantasized about a successful recovery, the less well could they actually move their joint and the fewer steps they could walk and the less well was the general recovery as judged by the physical therapist. So it's it, it, the pattern sort of showed up again and again and again. Many people must take for granted that thinking positively has a good effect on your future. And again, I know from looking at your book, this is something that it was, in fact, so hard to accept. You had colleagues that didn't want to accept it. Like, people didn't want to believe your research. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, we didn't want to believe our research because we thought, you know, maybe, um, you know, that was when, when I started off. And you think, oh, I made a mistake. I made a kind of methodological mistake. What's going on? And then only when we replicated and replicated and replicated, we saw that there is actually a phenomenon. And then once we understood that this is actually something we need to um, take seriously, um, we then asked ourselves, you know, why is that? Why is positive daydreaming and fantasizing about the future such an impediment to actual realizing these positive fantasies in, in reality? And then... You know, even with respect to mental health, we found effects. So um, the more positively people kind of fantasized about their future, the less depressed they were at the moment, but over time they got more depressed. And partly that was because they put in uh, less effort and they had um, um, less success. So it was kind of mediated by, by this just not getting going. And then at that point, we sort of asked ourselves, okay, now what is it really? So we, we need to now go experimentally and see what the mechanisms are that are responsible for this low effort and low success. Yes, daydreaming in the immediate, in the moment, if I'm daydreaming as a depressed person, that alleviates some of the pain. But I mean... It's not like I'm doing my best when I'm depressed, right? I mean, it's not like I'm, I mean, to, to say anything about the effort sort of almost gets to me a little bit because like, I mean, it's all I can do to get out of bed. So, I mean, the thing that sort of makes it a little bit easier for me to, to, to hear what you're saying is that there's actually like a physiological issue here, right? Like when you daydream, like it sap, it literally saps your energy. Is that right? 
Exactly. So that's what we did then in the uh, experimental work. So we 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 moved into the lab, and um, we invited people um, to to come to our um, lab, and then we induced positive fantasies about the future um, in one group and um, negative fantasies about the future or factual thoughts or no thoughts or irrelevant thoughts or um, questioning thoughts, uh, depending on the study, um, were the control groups. And then what we find is um, that those who were asked to produce these positive fantasies and daydreams about the future, that actually they... Um, lowered their uh, blood pressure. Their systolic blood pressure went down. So basically, they felt accomplished. They felt already there. They already experienced um, their successes in their mind, which made them relax, which made them kind of low energy. Uh, okay, I do get a little oversensitive on this, like not trying hard enough part of it. But I think one of the th messages I got from your research was that it has. it's not um, conscious. It's not like people consciously tr don't try as hard it's just they literally kind of don't have it in them to try as hard well i i don't think yeah i don't think we need to um look at it in terms of a, a stable um feature it's just that if i if i daydream about the future and i experience this, um all these joys why should i then put in the effort to actually get it um, so it's it's fine. I'm there. Um, I can relax, and and that's perfectly fine. Um, but if I really want to get at it, if I really want to realize it, attain it, then I need something else. And and that's the that's the idea of of that uh, future research, which build on these findings. So your theory is that fantasizing gives people the experience of having achieved something. So they become, even unselfconsciously, or I should say unconsciously, just less motivated. They don't do the things they need to do because they're, they've already experienced, like almost physiologically, the success that they want to have. Right. Non-consciously, they're already accomplished. And that would then trigger a kind of relaxation. Um, and you can measure that by systolic blood pressure, um, or you can measure it actually by asking people how energized they feel with respect to fulfilling their wishes. And that then predicts how much effort um, and success they have later on. Yes. Right. Well, the transition was that first we kind of checked because, you know, you know how, how people very often go from one extreme to the next to say, you know, positive thinking is a bad thing. And so let's think negatively. But that's not, that's not the solution at all. And the, and the reason is twofold. One is that these wishes and fantasies and daydreams, they actually come from our needs. Meaning we need to take them really seriously because they come from our 
states of decrement or, or states of um, what we don't have. So these, these wishes and fantasies and daydreams are very important in our lives. So this positive thinking is important um, because they signal um, what we don't have. And how do we know? We did a series of experiments where we, um, for example, uh, invited participants into the lab and we asked them not to um, have any liquids about four hours or so before they came. And then we gave them a lot of salty pretzels. So they were really, really thirsty. Um, and, and half of them, you know, randomized, um, then got super nice water. So they were not thirsty anymore. And then we simply uh, let them fantasize and daydream and think about the future. And surely enough, those who were really thirsty had uh, very positive fantasies about, you know, getting to the water fountain and drinking water. And so, okay. So it's a super simple experiment. But it shows that these positive fantasies and daydreams, they come actually from our needs. And you can do the same thing with psychological needs. You could say, you know, um, if you induce a lack of meaning, then we found um, people positively fantasize about uh, getting a more meaningful job. Or if you insinuate a lack of relationships, then they positively fantasize about getting together with their friends and family. So we need to take our positive fantasies and daydreams really seriously. They come from our needs and they give action the direction. So they show me where I need to go in order to satisfy that what I really need. What is the positive way to use positive thinking, if that makes sense? Like how is, what's the way to direct this stuff in a way that people wind up doing more towards their goals. Exactly. So, so what we did is um, we asked ourselves, okay, so we know now that these positive fantasies, they're really important. They're a reflection, um, an indication of our needs. They give action the direction, but at the same time, they sap the energy. So if they sap the energy, we need to do something so that people find the energy to get the, to the wish fulfillment to actually go the cumbersome way of wish fulfillment and that's what we then sort of solved this kind of puzzle we solved by reasoning that you need to complement these positive fantasies and daydreams with a healthy dose of reality and now we will make you wish for some specific things ad break With Friends Like These is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals, the company on a mission to reinvent your medicine cabinet by creating clean and natural remedies that work, like propolis throat spray. This throat spray is your daily dose of defense when it comes to naturally supporting your immune system and soothing a scratchy throat. With just three simple ingredients, this spray is powered by sustainably sourced bee propolis, an incredible germ fighter that contains over 300 beneficial compounds. And thanks to Beekeepers Natural's obsession with research and testing, you can trust that they have put their best formula for your problem into every remedy. Now, do you remember chloroseptic? I remember chloroseptic. It was what your mom gave you for a sore throat. It tasted like chemicals and it made your throat numb. 
not better, just numb. Propolis throat spray tastes great and it makes your throat feel better. And speaking of feeling better, bee-powered honey also tastes great, and its superpower is giving you a hit of energy without the caffeine jitters or crash. It's in a little science-y vial, too, which makes you feel like you're drinking a potion, if that's the kind of thing you enjoy. Beekeepers Naturals is a great company, too. When you buy their products, you are not just supporting them or this podcast, though you are. You are supporting both, and you are supporting bees who need your help. You deserve to feel your absolute best, which is why it's time to give your medicine cabinet an upgrade with Beekeepers Naturals. To save 15% on your first order, go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash withfriends or enter the code withfriends at checkout. That is B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S dot com slash W-I-T-H-F-R-I-E-N-D-S to save 15% and meet your new medicine cabinet. With Friends Like These is brought to you by Drops. We're doing more cleaning than ever before, but it's hard to find eco-friendly cleaning products that actually work. Check out Drops, the laundry and dishwasher detergent pods that everyone is talking about. With over 10,000 five-star reviews, you'll see in no time how great their products are. Drops delivers to your door powerful cleaning from nature with plant and mineral-based formulas in low-waste cardboard packaging instead of plastic containers that end up in our oceans and landfills. You can sign up for auto shipments from Drops for laundry pods and dishwasher pods to save big, and you can pause, skip, or cancel anytime. Use code FRIENDS for 25% off your order. That's Drops with two Ps. And check out their custom cleaning solutions for every need. That's drops.com, enter code FRIENDS to get 25% off your first order today. With Friends Like These is brought to you by Calm. How are you sleeping these days? Not great? You're not alone. Sleep is one of the things most affected by change, and Corona time has been an exciting exercise in combining complete boredom with massive change, neither of which is great for sleep. And that's why we're excited to partner with Calm the app designed to ease stress and help you get the best sleep of your life. When you relieve anxiety and improve your sleep, you feel better in every part of your life. And Calm has meditations and bedtime stories and sleep sounds and music and atmospherics, every one of them designed to support a healthy night's sleep. And if you go to calm.com slash friends, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. Get the Calm app and experience a transformation in the way you sleep. For listeners of the show, again, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash friends. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library and new content is added every day. Get started at calm.com slash friends, calm.com slash friends. Now, back to the conversation. So you were talking about using sort of harnessing the power of positive thinking without um, getting into a place where it, you know, ceases to serve us. And and you do that by incorporating a little reality or a little negative thinking. Is that right? Well, quite a bit of reality. Um, I, and 
the obstacle and the obstacle in you that stands in the way of tackling my wish and actually experiencing the nice kind of outcome and the best outcome of fulfilling that wish. And that obstacle in you is actually crucial. And why is it crucial? Because by understanding what the obstacle is, then you understand that you're not there yet. So the energy will come to you because you understand, I need to get over that. And also by looking at the obstacle of reality, you also will discover what you can do to overcome that obstacle. I I actually had had a realization listening to you talk about this, which is that there is a distinction between reality and negative. It's not that you're necessarily balancing positive thinking with negative thinking. You're balancing positive thinking with reality. Exactly. Positive thinking about the future, which has not materialized yet, with an obstacle of reality as it presents it to you, basically now or in the near future, on the way to realizing So it's not the difference between like beating yourself up and not beating yourself. It's not the difference between like thinking nice things about yourself and beating yourself up. It's more like imagining a future and then whatever obstacle in the way, thinking objectively about it. Exactly. Thinking about it and and discovering it and identifying it and then elaborating, mentally elaborating or imagining it so that you really can you get a feeling for that obstacle. What is it in me that stands in the way? And that obstacle might be an emotion or it might be an irrational belief or it might be actually a bad habit. Um, So, or it might be a lure or or whatever it is, but identify it and really be honest to you and say, you know, what is it that stands in the way? Um, And with a little humor and a little honesty, you really discover what it is in you. And then... You can actually understand what you can do to overcome it. And once you understand what you can do to overcome it, then it falls into place because then you say, oh, that's what I can do. And then you actually follow up on your wish and, um, and you, you commit, you actually pursue that wish now. Now you know, oh, this is something I really want because it's reflecting the need, but it's also something I can do. The two places I got hung up on this... Um one was in the whole, I, I kept on thinking that the obstacle was a negative thought. And, and I think I now understand it's not negative. It, it needs to be objective. Because, again, speaking as a depressed person, if my, sometimes if I'm thinking what I really want to do is get better, the obstacle isn't necessarily that I'm thinking too happy thoughts. It could be that my obstacle is I think that I'm a piece of crap. And that is a, not a good thing to be thinking about myself. And that thinking that I am a piece of crap will, in fact, keep me from achieving my goals. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And we are saying, take a wish that is feasible for you and that is a little bit challenging. Because if it's a wish that I do anyway, you don't need mental contrasting or woo, which we'll be talking about in a minute. And if it's not feasible, then... I don't have any freedom of action, um, then I can't do anything anyway. So that's not what the idea is. So if I say, you know, I wish the pandemic away, yeah, everybody of us 
probably does that. But if I have a wish such as, um, you know, um, I wish to protect myself against getting infected, well, that is something I have some control of. And that's a wish which is then also feasible for me. And, um, uh, and, and, and it's also a little challenging because I need to relinquish a lot of things. And then, then I can say, okay, um, it would be really nice if I did everything um, to not get infected. But then my obstacle is my obstacle is my wish to hug my relatives or whatever it is. And then you decide, well, but what is really important to me? Is it hugging my relatives or is it not getting sick? And you might decide, I would hope most people would decide, I would rather no one get sick so I won't hug my relatives. What, what mental contrasting and then also wish outcome, which is the positive future, and then the obstacle. So W-O-O, -O, the obstacle is the second O. That's the mental contrasting part. And then the P is the plan. What WHOOP does is actually giving you the possibility of going through the four steps, but wish, outcome, obstacle, and plan in terms of content. That's what you need to do. Every person needs to do that because you are the expert of your life and no one else can tell you what you need. You need to feel it out. You need to actually really understand what is my wish? What is my wish? And that will lead you then to your need and nobody else can tell you. So the other thing that I got hung up on in, in reading about this was the feasibility part. Because some part of me is like, well, if it's feasible, that's not much of a wish. Like, that's not, you know, like, you know, like to be able to accomplish the dreams that I can accomplish is not super inspiring to me. Well, okay, that has two sides of it. The, the first part is what we do in Whoop and in the Whoop My Life website and all the, the kind of instructions um, to actually apply mental contrasting and, and, and implementation intentions, which is the kind of scientific terms, but forget that, to apply Whoop in daily life, we ask people, come up with a wish that is dear to your heart, but at the same time feasible. And if you really think dear to my heart or dear probably to everyone's heart, are many, many things which we deem also feasible, but we don't do them anyway. So, you know, think about healthy living. Think about being nice to others. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's very desirable. Everybody wants it, I mean, usually. Um, and, and it's certainly feasible, but sometimes it doesn't work. And then think about work. Um, you know, I would like to kind of finish my stuff before Thanksgiving. Hmm, it's kind of feasible, but would I, would I go and do it? Not so sure. It's a little challenging. And for these wishes, it is really helpful to have a self-regulation strategy, have Whoop as a, as a friend, as a companion to help us get going on these things, which we wish and which are also feasible, but we sometimes don't do it. Some more wished for items coming up. Can a plant scramble like an egg? I never thought I'd ask myself that question, but yes, it can. And this episode is sponsored by just such a thing, just egg. 
a better egg for you and the planet. Just Egg is just like eggs. It scrambles, cooks, and tastes like the chicken-derived eggs you know and love. Now, why try a plant-based egg? Well, Just Egg is packed with protein, has no cholesterol, and compare that to just two conventional eggs, which alone surpass your daily recommended amount. Just Egg is better for the planet. It's made from mung beans. And Just Egg uses 98% less water and emits 93% fewer carbon emissions than what you would use to get a conventional egg. Also, Just Egg is delicious. In an omelet, breakfast sandwich, French toast, pad thai, whatever you do with eggs. Just Egg makes it easy to take the first step towards a healthier lifestyle and plant-based diet without sacrificing taste. And the best way to make changes to your diet, and I swear this is according to science, is not to cut things out, but to either add good things in or make swaps. Just Egg can be the swap that you start with, and you won't even notice the difference, except for eggshells probably. Just Egg is now the number one fastest growing egg brand in the U.S. You can get Just Egg now on Amazon Prime or Instacart or at Whole Foods, your local grocery store, or the co-op in the egg aisle or frozen section. Just Egg, a better egg for you and the planet. Ritual is a proud sponsor of With Friends Like These. Do you know what's in your multivitamin? Sugars, GMOs, synthetic fillers artificial colors, not to mention animal byproducts like sheep's wool and gelatin from hooves and hides. These are all things you might find in a typical multivitamin, but Ritual is not your typical multivitamin. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients and forms your body can actually use. There's no shady extras. And as regular listeners know, I like Ritual in part because it is a Ritual. There's a mound of evidence that backs up the idea that one way to develop new habits is to link them to existing habits. Like if you have coffee every morning, associate coffee with writing in your journal. Ritual is like that too. I look forward to starting my day with my minty, fresh ritual, and I've tacked on stuff to that, like uh, affirmation or listening to an uplifting podcast. Ritual is the multivitamin reimagined. You'll always know where your nutrients come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. Now available for women, men, teens. Ritual multivitamins, including their best-selling prenatal multivitamin, are scientifically developed to help support different stages of life. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com friends to start your ritual today. With Friends Like These is brought to you by Stamps.com. This holiday season, more people will be mailing stuff than ever before. And that means the post office is going to be busy. You don't have time for that. Stamps.com brings the post office and now UPS shipping to your computer. Mail and ship anything from the convenience and safety of your home or office. With Stamps.com, you can do anything you do at the post office with just a few clicks. Plus, Stamps.com saves you money with deep discounts you cannot get at the post office. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. With Stamps.com, you get five cents off of every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Not to mention, it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. 
Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder that over 900,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Don't spend a minute of your holiday season at the post office this year. Sign up for Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. Use my promo code FRIENDS and you will get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitment or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the podcast microphone at the top of the homepage and type in FRIENDS. That's stamps.com, enter friends. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. And that's it. Here's the rest of the show. Okay. So um, we talked about this before. Like, I want to try it. Um, I'm, but I have trouble coming up with the right, with like the feasible but still wish part of it. So I'm trying to figure out if I should go big or small here. Go with something which is dear to your heart. Okay. Which you really wish. And, and yeah, think about it. What do you really want? I really, I think I really do want to write another book. But I just haven't, I, I have a thousand ideas, not a thousand literally. I have more like five ideas that are pretty good. My agent has told me they're pretty good. So I don't feel like I'm like making that up. Although he's he's a very positive person, so there's that, and he would like he would like me to write another book. <laughs> so, have you ever thought about um, why do you want to write a book? Well, um, part of it is um, that I feel like I have things to share that there are things that I feel strongly about and care about and like communicating about, like like the stuff in this show, you know. I am really passionate about getting people to think about their own ideas, which is a little bit of a meta project. I also will admit that part of me feels like I need to leave another mark on the world. Like, I want... I want to leave something that is a true a true expression of myself. The first book that I wrote, I wrote when I was still drinking. And it's an accurate portrait. It's a true thing, but it's a different me, right? Got it. So when you think about what message do you want to share most, what is the message you want to share with your readers most? What mark do you want to leave which is different from what you did before. I want people to know that um, healing is possible. Okay, great. That I got through some tough shit, and I'm here, and you can get through it too. What you said now, just to, 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 to keep it in your mind, and sort of just phrase it once more. Healing is possible. Healing is possible. Survival is possible. Okay, perfect. So think about what would be the best outcome if you fulfilled yourself that wish? How would you feel if you told people healing is possible? Well, the best outcome is that people would heal, you know? that other people would find joy and meaning in their lives and that 
they would see that what seems like a very difficult situation or impossible situation, um, they can come out of that and get to a place where they feel love and hope and like themselves. That was a thing that I didn't for a long time. I didn't like myself. So, yeah, I would love, and I would feel so good about other people feeling that way. Like when I get emails today from people who say that they got something out of what I've shared, like, that feels amazing. That's like the best feeling in the world. So when you think about the best outcome and how you would feel, if, if I ask you to phrase that very briefly in three to four words, what would you say? Well, I would feel like shared joy. Okay. And now imagine the shared joy. And part of the whoop strategy is that you really ma- imagine that now. And you can you close your eyes and then I wake you up. But imagine it. I'm imagining that feeling when I open an email and someone tells me, you know, what you said helped me. That's that's what I'm imagining. And it's that, that really good feeling. So that's where I, I'm gone. So now we change gears a little bit. And I ask you, what is it in you that stands in the way that you tackle your wish and experience? that outcome what is it in you that is in the way but what I keep coming back to is fear like it won't work won't be good enough won't happen get rejected fall flat that kind of stuff that's what I'm I'm afraid because I think I'm a objectively I know I'm a good writer and objectively, I know people respond to the stuff that I've put out there. But I'm scared that I won't find the right way to do it. So when you think about the fears you have just talked about, which fear is the central fear? What is really behind that fear? So what are you most afraid of? What is it that keeps you away from tackling that wish? I think it's that I'll try and fail. It's the kind of stuff I say to myself, and I know it doesn't make sense, but it won't be good enough. But I also know good enough is a weird term, is like a not a good uh, metric. Like if I was going to, it doesn't need to be good enough. Like it can be good. It can be just what I, if I do my best, if I do the best work I can, then good enough is not the right metric. Like I just put it out there and it's up for other people to make to judge, yes, but isn't the most important part for me that I put it out there? Exactly. So you already almost have the solution. So say, say again the, the obstacle, the fear that it is not good enough, and now say good enough for what? Good enough for what? For what is it? Fear it won't be good enough for me to get the love and respect that I want. But I don't know if, see, whose job it is here to say the part where, like, I know it's just letting go of, like, the, what other people think that's the key here, isn't it? All right. So first say good enough. Good enough to get love and respect. Yes. 
And now you can say good enough to get love and respect by? Good enough to get love and respect by? By whom? It's probably, it's probably my mom, honestly. It's my mom. What can you do to overcome that fear for the respect of your mom? What can you actually do? And it might be that what we have in the book, but it might not be. And it's important that you really dig a little deeper and say, what can I do at the moment when this fear creeps up? What can I do to overcome that fear? I think there is something there about acknowledging the sort of, like I said, like, thanks, mom, but like, I'm not that, I'm not a child anymore. And I love and respect myself. So try to make it really short because we need to have a really short. What is the central behavior you can do? Once that fear creeps up. I will thank my mother and say goodbye. Yes. Nice. Exactly. I will thank my mother and will say goodbye. You true. That's it. We're done. We don't need to. Thanks, mom. But no. That's great. So now you do a very simple if-then plan. So you say if, and you imagine the obstacle. And then you say, then I will. And now you imagine your behavior. So can you phrase that? If? If I start to fear people will reject my ideas, I will say, thank you, mother. Thanks, mom. But we're done. The second part of this is going to be a conversation we have some other time. I know that what I need to do is sit with that, right? And practice it. When that happens, practice it. Exactly. And practice it um, always doing a new whoop. Um, so don't, don't warm up the old whoops. Do new whoops, which are maybe sub-whoops of your big whoop. Um, but do a whoop now with respect to a maybe sub-goal of, of your whoop um, for the next day, for the, for the day after, for the next week maybe, but, but really kind of short term so that you get into writing immediately because then you can start acting. And once you started acting on it, it's much, much easier to continue than to actually initiate the initial um, part of it. You can do as many whoops as you have wishes. And like with the bicycle, you need to practice the bicycle and then you can kind of drive wherever you want. And with whoop, it's the same thing. You need to practice whoop, and then you can whoop every day, um, whatever wish comes up. And the wishes, don't forget, they are yours, and as are the, the outcome, the obstacle, and then the if obstacle, then I will overcome obstacle plan. So go on the Whoop My Life website. Here is the, there are the instructions, and download the Whoop app, and you can actually whoop then in a daily way, you can whoop basically trivial wishes, long-term wishes, whatever. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Right. Thank you for having me. And that is it for the show. It was a different kind of conversation than we usually have. But different isn't bad. It's just different. 
If you're intrigued, as I still am, Gabrielle Ottingen is the author of Rethinking Positive Thinking Inside the New Science of Motivation, and she has an app and a website, as she said. The website is whoopmylife.org, and I wish you all the luck in the world whooping. This show is a production of Crooked Media. It is produced by Allison Herrera with assistance from Lily Alexandrov and Izzy Margulies. This episode was engineered by Louis Lino from Austin, Texas, which is where I will be spending the winter. Liam McMahon watches the internet for us. Whitney Pastrick is always thinking of others, including me, before herself. And remember, please, we are still under conditions that human beings were not intended to experience and cannot be expected to thrive under. Take care of yourselves. <laughs>